Hello and welcome to the Leading Through Uncertainty podcast series. I'm your host, Jude Jennison from Leaders by Nature. And in this podcast, I interview leaders from different organisations and industries to find out more about the challenges they face in leading through uncertainty and how they overcome them. This week, I'm talking to Paul Faulkner, the CEO of Greater Birmingham Chamber of Commerce. As the UK's second city, the Birmingham Chamber covers a huge area. With major business growth and the recently announced Commonwealth Games coming in 2022, there's certainly a lot of change and uncertainty. Paul seems to navigate it with a pair of tees, though, and he talks about the resilience of his team in doing so too. Hello, Paul. Hello. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Um, could you start by telling the listeners what it is that you do here at the Chamber? Yeah, sure. So I'm Paul Faulkner. I'm Chief Executive here at the Greater Birmingham Chambers of Commerce. Okay. So uh, the Chambers have been in existence since 1813. We're in our 205th year. Um, as our name suggests, you know, we cover the, the Greater Birmingham region. We have 10 different divisions here at the Chambers. So uh, we cover the Chambers of Commerce for Birmingham, Solihull, Sutton Coalfield, Litchfield and Tamworth, uh, Chase and Burton. And we also operate the Asian Business Chamber of Commerce, the Future Faces Chamber of Commerce, which is for young professionals in the region. Um, we operate the British American Business Council chapter for the whole Midlands, wow. which is a, a group uh, focused on um, developing trading relationships predominantly between the UK and North America. And then uh, we have just launched our 10th division, which is the Greater Birmingham Commonwealth Chamber of Commerce, which is going to be predominantly focusing on, again, developing links and trading links for businesses between uh, those here in, in the Greater Birmingham region and uh, Commonwealth countries. And um, I think that's partly linked to what's going on in the world and obviously with uh, the Brexit process um, taking place right now and um, a little bit also the the arrival of the Commonwealth Games here in Birmingham in 2022. Yes, of course, yeah. Which, you know, we're Congratulations really, with that. Yeah, yeah. well, we're, we're really excited about that as a, as a city and as a region and I think, you know, from our point of view at the Chamber, um, you know, we feel that like the new division will uh, hopefully play an important part in um, in the build up to that, but also the legacy, which is one of those mm. words and uh, concepts that that is so important whenever these big multi uh, sport games are held. But we really want to make sure that we're we're capitalising on the um, the wealth of of it's not just Commonwealth; it's it's from countries all over the world, sort of um, of different nationalities that make up. Birmingham make it so yeah. special and you know we've got lots of experience here around trading overseas how businesses can can export um if they've never done it before if they are doing it how they can do it more and, and better and um yeah so lots going on we're we're growing we've got lots of new members coming on board the the city's buzzing and vibrant and um yeah we're excited by uh What's happening? So never a dull moment then. <laughs> never a dull moment. No, every day is very, very yeah. diverse. We've got a, a brilliant team here. I'm really fortunate and lucky to work with some fantastic people. There's about 100 people who work at the, the chamber in all yeah. different um, areas and, and divisions and across that whole region. And so we've got quite a big team. Mm -hmm. So from a chamber point of view, it means we really have the resource to be able to do things. Yeah. And that's important because we, we, we exist to support businesses to help businesses develop and ultimately to to grow and you need people to be able to do that and we've got mm. a brilliant team who uh that's what they're focused on so that's great to hear yeah. yeah so tell me a bit about your experiences of leading through uncertainty yeah i mean um 
I suppose if you if you're if you're you know in a leadership role and that isn't signified just by a, a title. It's uh, one of those um, things that, that people will take on in all sorts of different positions in in, in organisations or just in, in life in general. Um, you, know, you know, uncertainty will by nature kind of creep up on you. And mm. you know, I, I, I probably don't think, or I've never really thought about differentiating between leading in uncertainty or uh, with uncertainty or just in regular times you mm. just sort of lead yeah and i think it's interesting because um lots of ceos have have said the same thing right. where that their experience is that um things have always been uncertainty and and that's not really changed and yet there is no doubt that following brexit that you've mentioned and when you've got things like the commonwealth games coming and yeah um and growth plans there's a level of uncertainty that gets created with that yeah so how how do you lead an organization through that i think um you've got to know your business you've got to know your people you've got to know um your strengths, you've got to know your, your weak points, your vulnerabilities. You know, I guess there's technical ways, you know, you kind of do a, a SWOT analysis or you have your risk register and, and that's ways of highlighting where uh, as much as you can look forward mm-hmm. and you've got some degree of certainty that you can kind of, you know, plan and um, uh, and sort of project around that. But um, ultimately none of us know the future. That's, mm-hmm. that's what makes mm-hmm. it interesting and, and mm-hmm. fun. And so I think you get used to, sort of dealing was it Donald Rumsfeld wasn't it with his whole piece about the known knowns the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns and um you 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 what I've always tried to to do is to make sure that as an organization we are flexible and nimble and we're able to respond and to react to whatever may come our way now again what may come your way can completely vary so there may be certain things which happen which you can't plan or, or control for but if that's the case then you can't plan or control for them mm-hmm. but there's a, a sort of a phrase that someone I work with used to use was uh, about being in the ready position and I keep that in my mind and what do I mean by being in the ready position if you can imagine a sportsman or a you know, a boxer or a, a tennis player and you're you're waiting to receive a serve and you're you're standing almost on the balls of your feet. You don't know where the serve's going to come. You may have to go forward, you may have to go back, you may have to go left or you may have to go right, but you're in the ready position. You're on, yeah. on your toes. And you know something's going to come, even if you don't know where it's coming yeah. from. Yeah, and then when it comes, you're able to sort of respond and, and react and your, mm-hmm. your forearm hand may be stronger than your backhand, but um, you know at least you're ready to sort of deal with whatever mm. comes that way. And so it's... And that's maybe a little bit intangible, but that's a sort of a an approach where I think you can push that into the organisation. People are there um, doing their jobs. Everyone knows what your goals are, your KPIs on any given day, and that's fine because a lot of times, you know, the next day can you know they don't need to change. But mm-hmm. if you recognise that uncertainty is just a part of life, then I think you can be more ready to change mm. and and. With change, with uncertainty comes opportunities. Mm. And if you see it in that way, then it doesn't need to be something that you're scared of. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because what I'm also hearing is for a lot of people, uncertainty is something that they're terrified of. Mm. And so how do you 
help your organisation have that flexibility and that adaptability so that they, they can all respond. Because it's no good if you're responsive and adaptable and flexible if the rest of your organisation isn't. Yeah, I think um, a lot of it's communicating, talking to people. I think um, as a as a chief exec, you know, there's a an onus on you to set a bit of a tone and maybe... Um, inject some institutional confidence mm-hmm. into the organization and you, know, you can do that by example and by projecting that you know to the outside world and also when you're you know, sort of talking to the team mm-hmm. um, as to your outlook and when you're having conversations with groups or individuals it's it's you know drawing that out I think and mm. you know letting everyone discuss different scenarios and if this happens we'll do that and if that happens then we'll we'll do this and it's sort of not it's confronting it's talking about it it's not being being fearful mm-hmm. uh, and being ready to to deal with. I mean, I spent um, many years working in 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 football, in the football industry, and so you can imagine there, you've got uncertainty with every single game. Yes, you know, there's going to be yeah. three outcomes of that match. You're either going to win, you're going to lose, or you're going to draw. Yeah. Um, and, and two out of three is not what you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes yeah, you can have a good draw. Um, depends, but um, you know, and I think that. I don't know, you know, I can only talk through my own personal experience, but you'd go to, to match day you know, um, and it's the key public part of what you do in football. Mm-hmm. That's what like, the fans come to see, the the tens of thousands of people coming into the stadium or the, the hundreds of thousands or millions of people watching on TV, the people, you know, passionate about their team. You know, it's all about that 90 minutes and yeah. that result and that mm-hmm. means are you, you're good or you're bad or you're, you're sort of um, somewhere in the middle if you mm-hmm. do get a draw but from an organisational point of view of course the, the outcome um, can mean very different things you, you know you can mean um, you know winning a, a league winning a cup or being knocked out it can be promotion or, or relegation in particular sort of games it can mean um your staff, your team coming in on a on a Monday and fans, customers, you know, calling up and being delighted and how wonderful and they can't wait to to book on to the next game or to um to sort of spend money with the, the club or can be sort of saying that, you know, everything's awful. Mm. Um and so you you uncertainty was with you constantly. Yeah. And you had to get used to somehow um dealing with that mm-hmm. and managing through otherwise you'd become a, a basket case um, pretty quickly and I think I'm a leader. So there's a resilience there that you yeah. developed because yeah. because in sport that you know that's that uncertainty is there all of the time. Yeah and so it's almost quite more so extreme. than it is with a chamber could you say or? Uh, yes. There's a, <laughs> yeah. there's a right smile there so. <laughs> yes no certainly uh, you know the, um, the you know Sport like that, no, it, it's an extreme example, which mm. is, you know, in terms of the topic that we're, we're talking about, it feels quite a, a good one because it is in sort of glorious HD in Technicolor, mm. as it were. It really mm. draws out some of those extremes just by the fact that, you know, it's it, the, the result, the winning or losing is so um, definitive and played out in front of such a big audience. Whereas, mm. of course, in business, it's, it plays out over a much longer um sort of um term really and yeah you're not winning and losing over 90 minutes most of the time no and you're not yeah. judged on it instantly yes, you know yeah. and you're not then yeah. picking up the paper or uh yeah. going online or following where 
you know, everybody is uh, opining on that. Mm. And so, so what are the parallels, do you think, between being in sport and being the chief exec of the chamber? Oh, there's, there's, there's lots and lots of parallels. Um, you know, in that a football club, you know, is a business, it's an organisation, mm-hmm. uh, and you are managing people. Um, the 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 ultimate end product, of course, are the, the 11 individuals who run out onto the pitch, you know, the first team. Mm-hmm. but And that is the piece that, um, as I say, you know, the majority of, of the world see and are interested in. Um, and many, many people would probably rightly say that that's what matters, that's what we really care about. It's almost like just a very tip of the iceberg mm. because there are these huge sort of structures below that. There's all sorts of... Um, uh, sort of academy teams and lots of people who aren't necessarily right at the forefront, um, but who go together to make a, a football club of, you know, to be fair, of any sort of size, you know, mm-hmm. um, operate. And you know, there, you know, you might say, um, you know, people working in all sorts of, of departments who you couldn't judge their performance just by what those 11 individuals mm-hmm. who were in the first team did on a on yeah. a Saturday. And so, so how does that relate to what you're doing now with the Chamber? So I suppose it's about um, managing an organisation, having a, a culture, um, you know, how you work with people, motivate people, um, and control what you can control and, and deliver on that. There's football, yeah. you had that piece where the, the product that most people were interested in and that ultimately sort of drove the, the organisation um, you had very little control over. Mm-hmm. You know, on that that Saturday at um, mm-hmm. at three o'clock, when when the team ran out, as a chief exec, you know, if you're not lacing up your boots, then there's not much you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the manager down on the touchline has has more control; they can make changes yeah. to the game. But even even but a manager, the stakeholders that you know, the fans effectively have got to be brought along with mm-hmm. what you're doing with the club, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so in the in the chamber, I imagine you've got a huge, a vast number of stakeholders because you've got the businesses mm. who are your members, yes. but you've got wider businesses and the wider Birmingham mm. area and the general public as well who are yeah. impacted by the decisions you make. Yeah, I mean, we've got about um, sort of about 3,000 members here mm-hmm. uh, at the Greater Birmingham Chambers of Commerce who are in all stakeholders and there is a civic um, responsibility in nature to... Uh, the, sort of the chamber role, I said, we've been around for mm-hmm. an awful long time mm-hmm. and um, sort of you know, like to feel that we play and have played an important part in the role of the, the city region. So, um, you know, the, and in a good way, I think that that history and heritage does carry a certain weight. Mm-hmm. There is a responsibility. I think you recognise as a, as a leader. And I like to think all of the, the, the team really sort of feel that, you know, we're we're passing through. Um, mm. and we have a board going you know, right back to eighteen thirteen, listing all the various sort of presidents. You realize there's a lot of names on there. Yeah. And um, you know, when when this chamber of commerce was founded, you know, Napoleon was still running around the Iberian Peninsula. So it mm. really is a an awful long time ago. And there's a lot of history, and you're part of creating the future. And and, and you feel that responsibility mm. to ensure that you, um, you, know, you pass the institution on to the next generation in right. good shape. And I think that while you are involved, that you um, you make a difference and make yeah. an impact, just like many people have done before, and a positive impact. And that's how these organisations stay relevant 
and keep going. And that's again, you know, you have to adapt and change. And you, you know, we talk about uncertainty. You imagine the the various um, challenges that that the Chamber of Commerce and the country would have faced since. 1813 and I mean we yeah. could uh we could run through the the two centuries but you know there's a couple of world wars in there and mm-hmm. uh, various other crises and you know sort of um etc 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 and uncertainty is almost a given yeah and yeah. you have to be be back to that ready position mm-hmm. you know, ready to yeah. uh, adapt and and change those circumstances and and at the same time know the bits that you do well and are there to do so in a chamber's role is to support commerce to support Mm -hmm. business and Mm -hmm. stay focused on that and and then you earn the right to um to keep going stay Mm. in business so what's your biggest challenge in running the chamber biggest challenge um i think it's just trying at the moment it's it's a positive challenge in terms of um trying to take advantage of all the opportunities that are out there mm-hmm. um there is so much going on and that we could uh, be involved with and, and want to be involved with that um it's getting that balance with with the team and making sure we don't spread ourselves too thin mm-hmm. that we um are adding value to our core stakeholders to our members and making sure we're doing that um as a priority and not sort of taking our eye off the ball um mm-hmm. getting distracted um but equally playing our part in supporting all of this sort of this sense of positive momentum and, and renaissance that's going going on in the region so we 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 our days are so diverse here mm-hmm. there are so many uh calls on our, our time which is a positive that shows that that business is thriving in yeah. in the region yeah. um how do you get people to stay focused when you've got massive regeneration going on you've got hs2 you've got commonwealth games Mm. a whole bunch of other things as well business growth how do you get the team to stay focused and not get distracted um we we talk a lot internally we communicate we're very clear on on what we do we kind of sense check Mm -hmm. of things you know we have good clear um kpis that we we track almost sort of no sort of daily uh, measurements on like how many people are we we speaking with so you know we have a um a strong um account management team who are looking mm-hmm. after our, our members and you know, they're looking to make sure that they're speaking with um a certain number of members every day and that's you know, their core focus and of mm-hmm. course you can imagine every conversation could be different and mm-hmm. different lengths and, um, and every business is different of course yeah. they are and yeah. you know that that can be be challenging but so we sort of break it down i think and mm-hmm. um and after a while, you know, there's a, a, a good group here who've worked together for a, a nice period of time. And so, you know, you, those conversations flow quite quite easily. I think mm-hmm. we're, all, we're also fortunate that it, it truly is a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at a, a chamber of commerce, you can have quite a, a virtuous outlook on what you're, you're trying to do. We're a, we call ourselves a not-for-dividend organisation, mm-hmm. so a bit like a not-for-profit. But in effect, you know, the model is that that any the business model is that any surpluses that the the chamber generate go back into our activities so we put them yeah. back into then adding value mm-hmm. um to the members so there's a nice um sort of virtuosity around that so so we we come to work feeling like we we our goal is to 
help the business community, help those businesses in particular who are, who are our members and to help the region. If we're doing that and the, you know, uh, the economy here is growing, more jobs are being created, uh, more opportunities are being created for, for people of all ages throughout the, the region, then um, then we've done our bit. And that's mm. a pretty good reason to get out of bed in the morning. Mm. So um, what keeps you awake at night? Uh, normally my four-year-old oh. son um, <laughs> when he's running around and... Uh, and playing with his uh, his train set, but um, you know, I think if there's one thing, it would be um, people. And I think you know, we have a we are a close team here, and everywhere I've worked, I've sort of had that that approach. And um, maybe it's a, a particular leadership style, but you care and worry about your mm, people. Mm. And if there's one thing that keeps me awake, it's um, it would be that, and mm-hmm. just so and so okay, and we're looking to do that. And you know, when you get to know your team and individuals well and you know what's going on in their lives and you know we're trying to say do an awful lot from a professional point of view you you want to make sure people are feeling valued that they're okay that they're enjoying what they're doing that they're motivated um and it's you know trying to um to stay on top of that and Mm. feel that that we are creating opportunities and that you know that that's the one thing which has always kept me me awake Mm. and um and it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it's really important to have that balance between caring about people and and caring about the business. Yes. Without being too sucked into it yeah. that it takes over. Yeah. Because the reality is you can't live other people's lives and careers for them. So no. so it's about that balance between having the empathy and doing yeah. what you can to support people without, complete, without taking the responsibility. Complete balance. Yeah. And I think you... Know, you, you you're constantly just trying to calibrate that, mm. um, and and that feels right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's how it should be. Mm. You know, we, mm. you know that sort of such is life, isn't mm. it? Really, and I think that, um, but it's not that. You know, that's not a an easy or black or white no. thing. And I think no. that's part of the caring, mm. part of the passion, and part of then the the passion that comes through in the team. But it does require a bit of. Uh, bit of input and effort and, and giving mm-hmm. you a bit of yourself to that but you get yeah. an awful lot back yeah. if you do that yeah and how do you think your team cope with uncertainty and change I think we're very resilient mm-hmm. um here yeah, I think the certainly at the chamber the team is really adaptable um right. we are good and is at, that something you've inherited or something you've created um it's probably a mix mm-hmm. I think that um I would say but you certainly inherited uh, a fair bit of that, and I'd like to think that I've, I've added to that, mm. um, and maybe even sort of enhanced it a bit. And certainly, as we've recruited over the last sort of two or three years, we've brought you know, some brilliant people uh, into the team to join you know, some fantastic people who were here um, prior to me. And you know, that's a, um, a really good blend. And mm. you know, by nature of what you know we do, you know, we do. And as I say, we 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 try to be very planned and proactive. You know, we. Say for example, you know, we've got 219 events planned in 2018, and we know where they're going to be on what date, right through to December. So that's mm-hmm. being planned and organised. And yeah. yet, equally, we have to respond and react to events. So the mm-hmm. last couple of years, mm-hmm. snap elections and yeah. uh, you know, referendum on on Europe, and you can imagine there's a, an awful lot from a, a chamber point of view that goes into yeah. that, and which you know, at the start of each year, we would you know. Uh, wouldn't have been prepared for so you've got to be sometimes able to um 
to manage through. And, and you know, I would say that the, the team here have done so um, beautifully. So they're very, Great. very responsive. Mm. And um, you don't want too much of that. A little bit mm -hmm. of it, though, is quite... Yeah. Can be quite exciting sometimes. Yes, you need some balance again. Yes, absolutely. So, what's your top tip as a leader? My top tip as a leader: mm. um, love what you do, mm. nice. have a passion, genuinely yeah. um, love what you do, and care about it. And you know, I think. You know, you care about your product, you care about your people, it, it, it matters. If it matters, then you'll you'll give an awful lot of yourself to it and, and you get the satisfaction back from that. Mm, makes uh, it worth getting out of bed for. Yeah. 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 And I think if you you know, in any walk of life, whatever anyone's doing, um, if you if you do love what you do, then I think you're winning. Mm. And that's a good start. Great. Thank you very much, Paul. My pleasure. Paul says we need to love what we do, and it's clear that he does. I've no doubt that that is replicated throughout the organisation too. From the moment I met Paul, he put me at ease. He's a genuine people person, a natural leader who cares about his team, his city and everyone he meets. Birmingham's lucky to have someone as passionate and forward-thinking to look after its commerce. I definitely think the region is in safe hands. That's it for this podcast. I was your host, Jude Jennison from Leaders by Nature. Keep leading and I'll come back soon with the next interview on Leading Through Uncertainty. Mm -hmm.